Yo, welcome to the Madness Continues Podcast. Welcome to the Madness Continues Podcast. You're here for Linda Steele, probably. You're here because you read this on Reddit, you read this on Twitter, you read this on Instagram, you read this on TikTok. I guess you don't read it on TikTok. You saw it somewhere, you came here. Let me tell you something about Linda Steele. Uh, this woman's badass. She's amazing. Uh, this woman is, she, honest to goodness, is so relatable. She's so fun to talk to. This conversation could have gone on for so long, and it's amazing because you think you think the biggest thing on Linda Steele is her bust line. Wrong, wrong. The biggest thing on Linda Steele is her personality, baby. She's uh, she's an amazing woman. This is coming to you live, by the way. I owe you an apology, Linda, if you're listening to this, because I meant to release this episode weeks ago and got caught up in COVID. Got caught up in a lot of stuff. Uh, went through a breakup, which was uh, very lame. That was, was pretty lame. Uh, my lady, she was very, she's wonderful. She's, we're still, still very much love each other, but, uh, the time of COVID has been challenging. This is coming to you live from Northern, uh, Michigan. I'm here a little bit before heading back to Austin, Texas. Got to vote in the election, everybody. It's important. This election is very important to vote in. It's important to vote in this election, regardless of your political persuasion, just to let you know, uh, here in northern Michigan, it's a real battle, battleground state. It's been weird. It's been weird. It's been weird to be up here. People are, are aggressively flagging no matter where they are. There's flags in the yard. There's flags in your yard. There's flags in, in his yard, her yard, their yard. It's everywhere. Uh, but one thing I know is uh, not going to screw up your political beliefs here is this interview with Linda Steele. This woman is, I first became aware of her on, I think I mentioned it in, uh, I think r slash, uh, I think it was r slash uh, hot, athletic hot, or is it like, it was like uh, sexy fit or something on Reddit. I was perusing images of rather attractive women and uh, Linda Steele came up and then I found out we were both in Chicago, both Chicagoans. Uh, like Kanye said, I'm a Chicagoan. She is Chicago wind. So we're going to blow around like Chicago wind. And uh, but you can tell I've been drinking, by the way. But uh, I've been on this fitness kick. We've had on, you know, uh, JJ, who's a great, uh, great dude. No excuses. We had him on earlier this summer. Linda, we had on. I recorded this, you know, long uh, earlier this year. Uh, and when I was on that fitness kick, this this chick is just so freaking cool, man. Honestly, she's uh, she's got a an amazing body, um, Linda Linda Steele, uh, hot bod, fit bod, which I will link in the show notes. You can go check her out. But personal trainer and uh, and just a honestly such a fun woman to speak with. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but I think it's pleasantly surprising when someone who you connect with and you don't really know how it's going to go ends up being just as cool as you hope they would be and i hope she's doing well i really hope her book comes out i owe you linda the uh the uh, thing we talked about after the show in terms of how to get into the groove with uh, pumping the book out but if you're a british listener uh welcome to this podcast i'll be back over to the uk in not too much time hopefully you Learn enough about me to follow me and, and come see me do comedy. And uh, if you're here for Linda, of course, which you are, check it out. Enjoy the podcast and and keep following her shit, man. Keep following it because it's good stuff. If she comes out with any book, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to read it. And uh, I hope we keep being friends, honestly, because, uh, because, because this was delightful. All right, that's enough for me. Let's jump into it, everybody. Take it easy. And with no further ado, Linda Steele, FitBod. Thank you. 
Linda Steele, thanks so much for being on the on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate Thank you it. For ha- yeah, thanks Madness for having me. I couldn't podcast. Uh, was 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 reaching out for a while, and I'm glad we finally be we're able to do it now that the world has you know entered a Stephen King novel. And I... <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Um, well, you're a, you're um, a, a busy woman. You have a lot of stuff going on, and it's it was um, it's it's cool that you were able to take some time. I know that you do a lot of traveling. You were talking about the UK, I think, when we were speaking the other day. When, just out of curiosity, when was the last time you were over there? Last time I was there was Thanksgiving of 2019, so just last year, and I had big plans on being back there. I was supposed to have been back there once or twice by now this year, but, you know, everything changed. You know, COVID hit, and everything changed. Everything came to a screeching halt, so uh, plans kind of moved along. Yeah. Or, well, or, you, have, or you, have a whole, you have a whole fan base over there, right? I do, I do. I didn't realize. I, I, I even think I have a, a Facebook fan page. I mean, it's really it's really kind of cool. Uh, every now and again, I'll have somebody reach out to me and say, hey, this is how many followers we have on, on your fan page. And it's, it's just really cool. It, it feels really good. I, I didn't realize how far out I was reaching. Yeah. Well, people, I think uh, people appreciate uh, fit, beautiful women. So, <laughs> you know, I guess yeah. they're, 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 they're willing to follow you wherever you lead, apparently. <laughs> I'm I'm so fortunate for that. I'm so fortunate. You know, back before the internet came around, uh, I was so reluctant to be part of it. I was really digging my heels in with social media because it really, I don't know, I, I guess I was, I, I wanted to be a little bit more private and I wasn't really quite sure it was actually going to catch, <laughs> believe it or not. Really? And so I was like, eh, yeah. So I was like, eh, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not. So I dug my heels in and I was not a part of social media probably for about the first six years uh, that it was around Instagram and Facebook and so forth. I think at first it was MySpace. Uh, so finally, when I got on board, I thought, my gosh, did I miss the boat? This is really kind of cool because I was so limited to just the people in my community. Oh, yeah. I was getting in front of people and talking and training and, and doing whatever. And my gosh, what doors opened when I yeah. went international? Well, so why? How about I think for the casual listener, because there's going to be people who tune into this who are fans of yours, I'm sure, and then there are going to be, you know, my normal listener base. So why don't just for a second you describe kind of what your your brand is and sort of some of the the things that you do for for everybody. I'll have a intro that I will have had done at the beginning of the podcast also, but just in your own words, you know, how maybe you can describe sort of what your your career and your brand is to everybody listening? Sure. Uh, so I'm a, primarily, I'm a personal trainer. That was my initial role in in my job. Uh, I worked in a, uh, in a gym that was nationally very well known. And within about a year or year and a half of me, Working for this company, I became the number one female trainer out of 4,500 trainers. Damn. Uh, I was the number one yeah, yeah. My my schedule was jam-packed. I had a three-month waiting list to even get on my schedule. It was really quite amazing. And I think what did it was that I, I was nice. I was approachable, uh, even though it appeared as though I wasn't going to be very nice or approachable. Once people got to know me, they realized that I was actually really down to earth and, and very helpful. And I didn't judge anybody and I liked everybody. So that really helped build my clientele quickly. And, um, from then 
I moved on to opening my own gym and then I expanded to do two gyms in Chicago in the Chicagoland area anyway. And, uh, once I got onto social media and started a modeling career because it was basically demanded by the fans, uh, I just started, you know, doing the modeling and I was modeling, not just fitness, but fashion and, uh, glamour which was so fun. I had, I had no idea that that was, you know, where this was going to take me, but that was, I was just kind of did what the fan base demanded and, um, went in that direction. And, and I have a, a website that, that developed into a website because I had a fan base and then how do you monetize that? So, you yeah. know, they want to see me, but, but I'm putting a lot of time and a lot of effort into this and it's actually starting to cost me money. So how do I get money back from it? Uh, built a website, and people started supporting me in, in, in around everything I did there. Uh, started having a, a membership-based website with more exclusive type photos. And that just really took off. And that's where things really started becoming more of an international-based uh, fan base that I was interacting with. So, so now I have – now I'm a personal trainer. I'm a business yep. owner. I'm a international model. I I have a um, a website that also sells meal programs, nutrition programs, and workout programs to those that I can't have in front of me. So yeah. I'm doing that. That opened up doors to writing for magazines, co-hosting on on different wellness-based uh, programs such as UK Health Radio, and also uh, the Women's Broadcast TV Network. And it just it just has been snowballing ever since. There's a lot of opportunities that have come my way, different different avenues that somebody would ask me, where do you want to be in five years, five years ago? I definitely would not have said here. I would. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's interesting that it's like kind of taken off in, in organically in its own way just because of Completely. demand from. Well, it's funny because I didn't tell you this when we spoke to you the other day, but part of the reason I, uh, how I kind of found out about you was I was not, I'm not going to lie, I was on Reddit r slash athletic girls, and yeah. which is a, a not safe for work uh, oh, page on Reddit, but it's oh, also right. not, I mean, just to be clear, it's also not, it's also safe for work. Like there's, you know what I mean? It's just pics it's of tasteful. really, it's tasteful it's- pics of really athletic women. And yeah, yeah. I, I know what it is, and and I actually, you know, one of the one of the great great things about working internationally with international companies was that when you are looking at how they view women internationally, it's completely different than they do here in the U.S. Uh, the U.S. is is very much more conservative, um, judgmental. We don't look at, at we have a, um, the U S has a real Madonna whore complex. Like yeah. there's a, there, there's like a, you are either a, uh, a housewife and, and completely asexual and motherly or you're, you know, a sexual object. It's one of the two. And yeah. it's interesting because I, I, we didn't talk about this either, but I've spent some time living in France, which has a very different approach to sex and to relationships between men and women. And mm-hmm. it just felt so much like I, it's weird to me, just being a man in the United States, maybe you can relate to this. And it's kind of, we did kind of talk about this the other day, but like there is a difficulty 
it's difficult for me, especially in the Midwest, to have a conversation, just a completely platonic conversation with a woman who I don't know. Like, there's almost this weird patina of, is this guy hitting on me? Is this like, and I think like women have to solve that problem in the United States because we've kind of all culturally learned that that's the only reason men and women engage with each other is for romance or sex and that's it. And I never felt that when I lived in Europe. It was like you could talk to people, you could have a fine conversation and and there was never this weird tension that was like throughout the, the conversation about like what's really going on here or something. It was like right. it was just about what it was about. Yeah, you know, you're so right about that. And and you you've probably heard other men say this and there may have even been a point in your life where you felt this, but now that you're a little bit more mature, you don't feel this way, but I've always heard men say there's not a man out there who can be f- friends with a woman without them thinking that something's going to happen, you know, at some point. They're always trying to, you know, get in with and I, and I don't I have plenty of friendships with men, with plenty of men, where I've never felt for a minute that they'd want to throw me in bed. Yeah. For all I know, they dream about it and they think about it, but never have they ever made me feel that way. So I completely agree with you. Well, I think it's funny because of a really really good friend of mine who is kind of a, a mentor of mine at one point told me he was like one of the best things you can do is he's like fine he's like you're gonna he's like go to this he told me this before i went to college but he was like when you go meet he's like go meet girls in college meet like girls your own age um you're gonna find some really cool girl who you're gonna be attracted to just make friends with her because if she's really cool and attractive she's gonna have a lot of really cool attractive friends and you're gonna get way more <laughs> access to talking to them by being her friend than you ever will by trying to date her and for i was sure like, and, then she and could I, be I, I, that's that so served me in the long run. Yes. yes, that is a great plan. And I think everybody should follow that. Make friends. Uh, every guy should do that. Make friends with a really nice, cute girl because she's going to she's gonna be selling you. It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Because she's going to be like, who? which one of my friends, this guy's so cool, which one of my friends can date him? That's exactly what yeah. she's going to end up thinking. But, and, and she'll be really particular. She'll be like, who's worthy enough? And it's yeah, be exactly. If you're cool thing. enough, she'll vet her friends for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know how this works. I've been there. Yes. Yeah. All of that the, is true. But it's it's fascinating because I think you're you're right. Like the, the it's it's not surprising to me that you have a bunch of attention internationally and especially from places like the UK and in sort of the rest of the world uh, that you do. I just to finish the story, I, I was on, so I'm on r slash athletic girls and there was a photo of you, you know, clothed and you're in front of the city of Chicago skyline. And I was like, Holy shit. And so I click on the photo and it takes me to the page and people are like, Oh yeah, this is Linda Steele. Like, and you are ripped. And like, part of the reason I wanted to have you on is because, you know, you do a ton with fitness and lately I've been very interested in, and having, I mean, just because of coronavirus, but, uh, you know, it's, it's always been a, you know, fitness has always been a curiosity of mine, something that I've been interested in, but just especially because of the time that we're in right now, I thought, let's have you on and, you know, to talk about your brand and talk about your approach to fitness. But dude, you are fucking jacked and you're, <laughs> I can, I can see like, and then there was like, there, there was like a handful of other photos that like someone had linked and they're all like you just do just doing some random thing like you're like i'm shopping and then you're like yeah but this this woman is shopping but if she wanted to she could bend this fucking shopping cart like (laughs) but it's very interesting to me and part of the reason i wanted to have you on was because um it's very interesting to me because 
I hear a lot of women say things like, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to like gain a lot of muscle. I don't want to. And I, and I always had two thoughts about that. And the first is that one, it's really hard to gain muscle. Even if you're a man and you have all this testosterone, Very. it's difficult. Yep. And then yep. two, you manage, even though you're, you know, ripped to look very feminine. And I'm, I'm curious sort of at your approach. I know that's kind of a lot that I just dumped on you, but no, I get you know, what you're going. I get what you're going with this. Yeah. So, um, when, when I first started lifting, my trainer handed me eight pound dumbbells to bicep curl. And after the third rep, I looked at him and said, I'm not trying to look like a guy. And he just did the whole eye roll thing and went, Oh Jesus, I have a long way to go with this one because there's <laughs> a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of convincing a woman who doesn't want to look like a man that it's very difficult to look like a man. It's very difficult to become, bul- you know, bulky and, and muscular. Uh, there is, it does not happen overnight. You have to have such a balance of your, your diet with, your weight training, your recovery time, your cardiovascular activity, all these things have to be balanced within themselves and then with one another. It is a it is a very difficult task to build muscle the way if a, if a woman wants to be muscular. It, it's a formula and it's not easy. So yeah. that's number one for any woman who's looking or listening and they are afraid to look like a man. It is very, very difficult. What I do, what I do with my clients today is when I have them lift a weight bicep curls, for instance, and I say, okay, here are the eights or here are the tens. They're like, I don't, no offense. I think you're really pretty, but I don't want to look as muscular as you. And I show them that's perfectly fine because look at what I curled. And then I show them me curling the 25s. Yeah. Here are your eights, (laughs) here are your tens. Yeah, you're not going yeah, to do. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's a lot of volume for to exactly. get to get to get biceps like this. <laughs> yes. So you need the first thing I do is I try to put everything in a perspective for them and let them know you are not close, you know, at all to look like this. But if you want it, we can get you there. It's just going to take a little work. So, yes, that's that's first of all. And how do I keep it feminine? You know, I think it's it's definitely not my personality that keeps the feminine because I I tend to be a little <laughs> bit out, outspoken. Yeah, yeah, it's so I, funny I, because I just for the listener, real quick, we we were talking the other day, and Linda's like, yeah, well, you know, well, you know, I'm I just to let you know, I am Italian, and I was like, like I needed to be told that, like I could hear, I could I could hear it in every in every word you're saying. Yes. I have I have a tendency to like I would probably need to take it down a notch usually, but it's so it's so unnatural for me to do so. It's it's hard for me to be the lady, the woman in in the conversation or in the relationship sometimes because I'm just so used to taking control of everything. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, yeah how do some I some people are into that? I think, <laughs> I, I, exactly, some people love it. Um, I think I just you know I throw on those six inch heels and I and I'm able to to walk like a lady and it's the the outfits that I wear along with them and you know it's I think it's just that I take care of myself my hair my nails I do all those things you know my my boobs are huge uh, that screams woman so yeah. I mean there's there are just a lot of things that I do to kind of compensate the muscles and the attitude. I think I think also something that's happened happened to me that's I think maybe relevant to this conversation is that like 
I, I started doing CrossFit, and it's interesting to me that the type of female body that I was attracted to changed because of doing CrossFit. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. you can see this just women who can, who can move weight, who can get a lot done, and I think that there's something inherently, I think there's something attractive that you can develop around that, and that's, it, it, I think that women can be attractive no matter what they're doing. And yeah. I think it's more about, you know, kind of a being than it is essentially just looking a certain type of way. And right. I mean, no doubt, I'm sure that when women have, you know, like a, a woman's body changes, she's aware that probably the attention she get changes. But, but I think that, you know, at least for me, it was interesting to see that one body type that I was attracted to just changed over meeting really amazing women who could just, who were muscular and could get, you know, who could, who could move weight, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that because you were also doing the sport, you had more of a respect and appreciation for somebody else who could do it. It's not easy, and uh, no, and when you're getting your is, a- and when you're trying your best as a man and getting your ass kicked by uh, by uh, by a woman who's like six inches shorter than you, <laughs> uh huh, uh huh, yeah, it's crazy. I've seen some really strong women. I've seen some really strong women who, by looking at them, it doesn't look like they would be able to lift or control the weight, but boy. Do not underestimate a little girl because <laughs> strength is strength. And again, it depends on how, how much you're eating. It depends on your recovery. It depends on all kinds of things that, that will help with your strength and your, and your muscle building. It all has so, to be there. So I'm curious. So how did, you get into, how did you get into fitness and kind of become the Linda Steele that, you know, that we all know now? Like when did, when did your interest in, in all of this begin? Well, it started way back, uh, around 2002, 2003, I was going through a divorce and I literally, this is exactly how it happened. I got out of the shower one day and looked in the mirror and went, oh my gosh, somebody else is going to see me naked. I have to do something about this. (laughs) I mean, literally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry sorry to laugh at that. That is just, that just sounds so funny to me. (laughs) Yeah. That was the start of it. I, I mean, I I'm sure that was a, I'm sure that was a terrifying moment, but like <laughs> it, was. it was, you have no idea. So I, I immediately started to, to take action and, uh, you know, I, you know, started to read up and, you know, things I needed to do. And unfortunately I was reading all the wrong things I was, and I was taking pieces of different programs and throwing them together. So before you know it, I was doing way too much cardiovascular activity and I cut my calories down to barely nothing. So Mm. now I just created an anorexic person and it was awful. I mean, it was like, wow, yeah, I lost weight. Okay. But look at this. This is, this is worse. So, and I had no strength, no energy. And then I started gaining weight because it, my the muscle the was actually being slowed down. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, the muscles, muscles that I had on my body broke was apart. Then couldn't completely. Couldn't, yeah, mm. it was it was awful. So uh, I decided to hire a professional because why why would I try to think that I could do that on my own? I knew nothing about anything. So I hired a trainer, and that trainer it it took him a long time to get through to me because I thought that food made you fat, and it turns out it doesn't. Uh, turns out that food actually carries some very valuable nutrients in order to uh, to keep the muscle you have, build muscle that you want, and actually have your organs functioning properly. So mm-hmm. uh, I started listening to the program that he taught me, and that program is the same program I teach today 17 years later. Wow. 
Yep. So uh, can, let me ask you some questions about this because it's fascinating. So uh, completely selfishly, um, I part of the reason I had you on the pod is so I could ask you some of these questions. <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> <But> go ahead. <laughs> I'm curious. Okay, so so what do you think about the trend for intermittent fasting that's going on right now? You know, I see the the math behind it and I understand how it works, but I am not into any uh, – I don't like any – any type of short-term solution for long-term problems, and that's exactly what that is. It's a short-term mm. solution. Yes, you're going to lose weight. Yes, it's it's going to happen potentially quickly, mm. but I don't like the fact that there's no way you can sustain this for, for the rest of your life. It is not a balance. I promote yeah. a balance. So I don't, you know, I have clients who are like, oh, it's after six o'clock. I don't want to eat anything, but I, you know, I'm, I'm low on calories. Well, it's way more important to me that you get your calories in because again, calories carry valuable nutrients. And if yep. you're not getting your nutrients in, we're not going anywhere. You're slowing down your metabolism. Yeah, you're not good. feeding your muscles. You, you, you know, we don't have, uh, um, protein synthesis happening. Nothing's, nothing's working right. So I much rather people eat up until the time they go to sleep, even if it means getting all your calories in. When you sleep, your body will take all the nutrients you took in during the day, use what it needs, get rid of what it doesn't need, and you wake up in the morning and you're good to go. You're ready for the next day. So yeah, not a big fan of intermittent, not a big fan of any fad going on. You could throw any one of them at me and I'm going to tell you why I don't like them. Yeah, I like I, I like that. So just steady, good advice. That's what some of the best... I feel like I heard this quote somewhere that some of the best advice or the best advice is never sexy. So it's like, it's yeah. cool that there's a fad going on right now, but it's the same boring shit that it's always been in terms of how to get, you know, get fit and, and stay and stay healthy. So yeah. I feel like that's good to hear. I, I have, I have a couple I, more for you. Um, sure, go real ahead. quick one. I'm curious, what do you think about? So some people, so in, you know, in the four hour body, uh, Tim Ferriss talks about eating protein, eating a bunch of protein within, you know, 30 minutes, uh, to an hour of waking up. What do you feel about, how do you feel about breakfast? I mean, obviously eating is important. Eating the right stuff is important. I'm just curious whether you feel that, uh, fasting in the morning is good or should you have a big breakfast? Should you have a little breakfast? It's funny to me because just as a background, the only reason I'm even thinking about this is because I always grew up with having a big breakfast and then I moved mm -hmm. to France for a while and <laughs> yeah. they don't eat anything. They barely eat. They'll have like a croissant and that's breakfast. They'll have like a pe piece of bread with some Nutella and I never grew up eating uh, very much sweets for breakfast and then it's like over there it's just all carbs and sugar for breakfast. It's crazy. I don't know how they're all... Why are we the fattest country in the world and not them? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I actually have my theory behind that too. But uh, yes, breakfast to me is the most important meal of the day. You, you should technically eat within so many minutes of waking up. Half hour I think is a really good, you know, really good rule of thumb. Uh drinking water first is great because you, you know, you get dehydrated while you're sleeping. So so putting water in your system first is is probably the most important thing if you really want to, you know, keep your body efficient. But the reasoning that I have behind calories first thing in the morning is one, calories is your energy. And, you know, most of us wake up in the morning, we have to start making some pretty good decisions right off the bat, even if that means just getting in your car and driving to work. 
Driving mm-hmm. takes some decision-making skills. So if you're behind the wheel and you have no calories in your system and you're kind of getting dizzy and you're not focusing and you're not functioning right, you're, you're going to make mistakes. So some people go, don't worry about it. I'm going to go ahead and throw some coffee in my system. I'm good. Well, okay, fine. You could do that. And yeah, you're going to be good. It's going to be, again, temporary because what you're doing is you're artificially stimulating your metabolism and you're artificially stimulating all of your thought process. So for every high, you have an equal There's and opposite low. low. Yeah. Right. So, you're so after a little while, the- you're going to have this huge crash. Yes. <laughs> and so, hopefully that doesn't happen when you're behind the wheel. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So there are all times, ty- types of, of, you know, the big picture things that I keep, that I take into consideration when I'm making decisions for myself and my clients. And, and all these things have to be taken into consideration. You know, you want nutrients in your body first thing. First thing. And if you can get a protein in, great. Because again, you start with a carbohydrate, say you start with oatmeal and milk and fruit and, you know, uh, you know, whatever for breakfast, that's great because it's healthy, but be careful because again, you're going to have that crash in an hour and you're going to feel like you haven't eaten at all. Um, you know, so you have to take that into consideration. I just like to have a balance, you know, add some, definitely add some protein. And, and by the way, if you don't start your day with protein, it is going to be very difficult for you to get your protein recommendations in throughout the day. Yeah, simply it's because almost... of the lack of time for the rest of the day. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Mm. So you, it's best to start with a protein, absolutely carbohydrate too, something healthy, but don't skip those proteins. All right, let me ask you. I got a, I got a third one, and then we can, and then we'll, sure. we'll then I'll, I'll stop this rapid fire session. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I know you're like whatever. Bring it on, dude. Like you're, you're like. <laughs> I do this all day long. I could yeah. do this all day. I work with clients hour after hour. <laughs> I love it. This is what I love. I here's what it's so cool. I I um I was excited for us to have this conversation because part, I you're you're such a badass woman, and I feel like I I grew up in a family of women who are like uh you know they're. How do I want to describe it? There are, there are a bunch of Irish and Scottish women who don't mind telling you how it's going to be. Like, you, right. you get what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, let me tell you how this is going to go. Like, right. that kind of thing. And it's funny because I was like, oh, yeah, Linda's going to – I get anything I could toss at her, she's going to matrix dodge. It's going to be great. Um, so so the next question, though, is, um, uh, is uh, recovery. I'm curious – how so lately so i've been on this kick lately like i think i told you i ran a 10k like every day um uh-huh. a, a couple of weeks ago for seven days in a row and it might have been eight because i didn't really start keeping track until like day until like a couple of days in and i was like oh shit i've been running every day i might as well yeah. just continue this um uh-huh. and then a whole bunch of you know so now i've been alternating doing steel mace workouts with a 15 pound steel mace which I, I don't know if you've ever done that but that is a great core workout um, swinging. I look like a Viking. Like I look like, I look like I had a huge beard when I started doing it too. So I literally looked like a crazy Viking. Like I wanted to get like a horn and like blow the horn okay. and then. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Some fur vests. Yeah. <laughs> ah, they're invading. Um, so anyway, the, the, um, so I've just been basically alternating those. I do CrossFit, but because of COVID, the gym has been uh, difficult to get into. And um, and I really haven't taken any days off. And I was just curious, you know, after seven days of the run, I was like, shit, I really need to take off. My legs hurt. My I was starting to get injuries. I could tell if I was pushing it, I would, oh, yeah. I would you know, 
get a stress injury. But I'm curious in terms of recovery, like what, what is your approach or what is your advice on, on that? There's a reason why my program is a three day a week split with four mm. day rest. Mm. And on the and on those four four days, when I have somebody coming into me and they're like, I need to lose thirty pounds by tomorrow, and I tell them you need to rest four days a week, they're in a panic. Like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. I need to lose weight asap. And I, what I try to explain to people is the rest part of a balance is just as important as the workout days. Mm. The rest, the rest time, the rest days. Those are the days that you actually recover and build. You don't build in the gym. You break down muscle in the gym. You beat yourself up in the gym. It's those rest days that you build, recover, and start feeling good. Mm. If you don't, mm. if you don't give yourself a chance to do that, you are imagine, imagine beating up raw meat. That's kind of what happens to your muscles. You just keep beating them up, beating them up, beating them up until they can't can't recover. So you you really giving yourself a rest time is way more important than than working out. You really need a balance in that those workouts. Got it. So sounds crazy. I, yeah. Well, just so uh, so four days four days of rest is on your routine. I mean, you're a lot of what you train is weightlifting, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Um, what do you feel about, I mean, I'm curious, like, you know, there's all kinds of different advice and I'm just, I know I said I would stop this, but I'm I, apparently I'm just going to continue no, doing go it. Ahead. <laughs> but go ahead. with, with, with a lot of like these workout programs, like orange theory or, you know, uh, CrossFit or any of that stuff. I'm curious what, what, do, what do you feel about this high intensity interval training? Because I, you know, I hear different things about it because like you just said, you're like, you get in, you beat your muscles up, you need some time to recover you know, what, rhabdo, I know, is like a thing that really, the CrossFit community talks a bit about, almost not enough about, maybe, where you're doing so much work, your muscles are breaking down, and they can't actually f recover properly. Right. Um, do you, I mean, do you feel that those, on the whole, are they helpful, are they harmful, is high-intensity interval training, is it something you do with your clients, or, or is that something that no. you think is kind of mostly just a fad? Um, you know what? It's, I don't, the reason that I don't want to call it a fad is because it's been around a while and it's not going anywhere. The yeah. interest in it is only growing. So I really, I don't know that it actually falls into the category of being a fad, but the reason that I don't do it with my clients is it's more important that I keep my clients safe. Mm. And I, and I, and I'm not trying to shit talk uh, CrossFit because I don't like to, to do that when it comes to certain workout programs, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you the most obvious cons about it, which sure. is, as far as CrossFit goes, I don't know anybody who is or high intensity interval training. I don't know anyone, not even one single person who has not developed some type of injury due to it. Mm. It is it is not really designed for just the average person, which is mostly who come to me for help. Yep. Yep. And so it is it would be very irresponsible for me to throw somebody into a CrossFit or high interval uh, training situation. Yeah. When they haven't ever worked out or haven't worked out in years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's a fair point. Where somebody who's getting off the couch, you're like, okay, yes. do twenty snatches and then run four hundred <laughs> right. meters and then do yep. that three times. <laughs> yep. 
I couldn't even ask someone getting off the couch to do an army crawl. I couldn't oh ask them to do crab crawls. I mean, these yeah. are things that, that you could really get her. And they look like the simplest things. But I can't ask someone to do that. Now, that type of workout is really designed for athletes or mm. ex-athletes or, or military, ex-military. And, and it's because you're going to find yourself in situations where having those types of movements are going to benefit you to being able to do them. So, you know, it usually CrossFit usually trains you to to mimic different types of things that you're going to have to be have to do for your job. Yeah, fun- or, functional movements for whatever your yeah, your actual exactly. yeah. Yeah, this makes yep. sense. But if I have a an accountant who's sitting at a desk all day, I cannot think of one reason why I would want to hand them a sledgehammer and say go beat up that tire. Not one. <laughs> I mean, I maybe, I don't know. Stress relief, maybe. <laughs> they, there are so many other things I would recommend for stress relief. Yeah. And that's not one of them. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I literally, that's what I usually ask myself. Tell me one thing that this person's going to benefit by doing this. And I, I just can't come up with anything. That is so, so funny. That's a good point. I mean, what? why would anybody need to, what is the point of hitting? I mean, I love, I did, when I did Mark's Martial Arts, I did I did a bunch of hammer work and I use that steel mace now and I love pounding the ground with it or or whatever. But I, I guess I do have to admit that it doesn't, I mean, I'm, you know, a former mixed martial arts, you know, athlete who got into doing, CrossFit. So I guess it, it's, it's, it, I was already used to a very, very strenuous workout yeah. and then moved into doing another one. But for your average, you know, for, if you're a real estate agent and you sit behind a <laughs> desk all day, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to be like, here's a, here's a sledgehammer no. and an old no. tire. <laughs> no. But on the other hand, if I tell someone we're going to do bicep curls, those are going to benefit them because they have to hold their groceries. Yep. They have to hold a case of water and put it into their car. They yeah. have to, you know, even a shoulder press. We're moving boxes into the attic or on the top shelf of your closet. Those are all things that are going to help them with everyday functional movements that they're going to have to do. So, you know, even lunges. I had, a, I had an elderly woman. I tell this story all the time. She was in her, well, late 60s, early 70s maybe, and she had double knee replacement. Her doctor told her, don't ever bend your knees. Don't ever bend them. Literally, what? don't bend your knees. And she, and, and she came to me and said, I can't bend my knees. Sorry. We're going to have to do anything without bending my knee. I said, how do you sit on the toilet every day? How do you get in and out of your car every day? What do you mean don't bend your knees? I don't understand. We're bending your knees. This is, your, you know, God gave you these joints. We're going to use them. And so help me, you're going to learn how to do a lunge. So sure enough, she trusted me enough to, to listen. We went against her doctor's wishes. We started doing lunges. Well, one day she comes walking into my building, slipped on the ice somewhere way out in the parking lot. And went down into a lunge and stepped right out of it. Whoa. Yeah. And walked right into my building at age 60 something, seven years old. She was like, you're never going to believe this. For the first time in my life, I appreciate the fact that we've been doing lunges all these years because I just walked right out of a fall. (laughs) Dude, that's a great (laughs) story. Yeah. She would have blown out both knees had we listened to the doctor. Come on. You can't. You have to use your head on some of this stuff. I just can't believe it. It seems to me like there's a real disconnect between I and it's here's what's odd to me about this Linda is like there's you can hear stories like that where there's a doctor who said don't do x y or z and then it's odd to me that there there seems to be like some disconnect Joe Rogan's talked about this on his podcast before also with um um Pavel Sotsoulis I think which is like there's 
there's this there's this one realm of medical advice which is like don't do the things that could maybe hurt you because there's a risk and then there's this level yeah. of like functional athletic advice from like a a personal trainer who's like do some it is a risk but don't avoid it entirely because avoiding it entirely is a lot more dangerous and like so For just sure. to your point just to your point about like crossfit like there i i should admit that i haven't seen this a lot but i have seen it that there are people who will do crossfit workouts and they'll they're they're new they're either new or they're or or actually worse is they're not new but they're they've been gone for a while like they're a former uh-huh. athlete and then they're gone for a while and they come back and they end up doing something like like uh injuring the rotator cuff or yep. you know ter- I mean that's just the most common one but like yeah just because the, you're you're doing these like movements that you've avoided doing for a while, it seems like avoidance isn't not like not a good strategy. I don't. That's just very interesting to me. I don't know if you have anything to respond to that with, but that's it's fascinating to me that there seems to be a disconnect between like a medical advice and then the advice of someone who's pragmatic. Because you're actually working with people. You're kind of, in a way you're sort of like a physical therapist probably to some of your clients. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, and I'm certified. I'm an expert in, um, not just nutrition, but exercise therapy and senior fitness. And a lot of times, even though it's senior fitness, I, I put, put my, uh, 30 year old clients through the same types of, of exercises per, for preventative measures for, mm. you know, um, any type of injuries that, that they're trying to recover from. So oftentimes I'm doing a lot of things that the doctors are telling you don't do. I, I always do a risk to benefit. Um, analysis on everything that I have a client do. It just, it just makes sense to do it that way. And, and if I think that bending their knees is going to benefit them sometime in life over not bending their knees to try to avoid injury or something going wrong, you know, I, every, every analysis that I do, it just, it just turns out, you know, 50% of the time I'm going against what the doctors say. It's, it's crazy. Uh, and to actually, uh, piggyback off of that idea that you have that there's such a disconnect. My own doctor years ago, I, I changed doctors after this conversation, but um, when she realized that I was an expert in nutrition, mm. she asked me, you know, what do you do for your um, diabetic clients? And I gave her a little bit, you know, I do this, I do that, we adjust this, I watch for this. And I, and she's like, interesting. She goes, she goes, I don't do any of that. I just make sure that I cut 500 calories right off the top of their diet. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, how many calories are they eating in the first place? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I never ask. And I said, well, I'm just going to give you a warning. I work with hundreds of people and probably 95% of them come in as under eaters. So if you have, chances are you're coming across the same thing. So your under eaters are coming in and you're like, guess what? We're going to cut 500 more calories off of that 900 you're eating. Good luck. <laughs> well, oh you gosh. know, yeah, their blood sugar is going to be doing somersaults because they, it's not going to be anything bad. for them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch my insurance change. I'm going to switch doctors. I just can't. De- I just can't. You know, it blows my doctors will I've trained doctors and nurses and doctors actually will admit that in all of the years of training that they go through, there's only about three to six classroom hours uh, of nutrition in what they do. They that's it. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's and I'm going to tell you what their course is. Vitamin C does this and vitamin D does that. And it's these are the fat soluble vitamins. And these are the that's what they're learning. They're learning the same crap that we learned in our nutrition class. What's not going to help you in life. You need more than that. 
That's so interesting. I had no idea that it was that little of a nutrition focus yeah. for most doctors. Yeah. Um, yep. That's very interesting. This that is means- why it's it's fascinating. That must make sense then why sometimes like my mother's a nurse and she will sometimes talk about how doctors the doctors will say this, but the nutritionist will say that. And they'll say yeah. two different things. And it's yep. fascinating to me because in a lot of especially so my mother was a hospice nurse and at the end of care oh. life facility what the doctor says is what everybody does, but the problem is that, in, as you're, you know, alluding to, is that the ner- the the nutritionist might know more, but then can't do, yeah. but then gets overruled by the doctor who actually doesn't have as intimate a knowledge of what the body sure. actually is doing with the nutrition that it needs. Sure, um, he's passed the wand over and doesn't look ba- and doesn't see what's what's happening. Yeah. So you know how how why does he get final say? That blows my mind. It really does. Yeah, my that's fascinating to me. I am um, not to shift gears, but I'm curious about this. You are, as you mentioned earlier, a rather buxom woman. Uh, I'm curious. Have you ever gotten has has that has clients ever been like like you're working with the elderly? And I'm just thinking, I can think of, of, of how odd it might be for an old old woman to be like, oh, this is my trainer <laughs> with with her huge you, boobs. Yes, <laughs> you know what's hilarious? My um. I feel like most of the women who I work with, uh, the elderly, they're they are living life vicariously through me. A lot of them. <laughs> that yeah, doesn't surprise them, me at all to hear that. Sure, That's funny. <laughs> that you know, it wasn't acceptable back then. They're just like, you go, girl. If I could, I would. Hell yeah, you know. And and so it's it's just funny to hear them because um, some of them, you know, some of them may not appeal to me, or I may not appeal to them. I should say, but. Uh, most women, and I've had like the sweetest little Indian women straight off the boat who love me. They connect with me. And they're so, I mean, like, you know what their backgrounds are, you know, mm-hmm. culturally and, and you know, stereotypically, if you want to, you know, look at it like that. Uh, they just, they, I somehow really start to relate to them and they really, they love me. Um I work with other, you know, obviously American women and Italian women, you know, in their 60s, 70s, even even 80. And same thing. They're like, God bless. If that's, you know, whatever it takes, man, have fun. I wish I did it when I was your age, but it wasn't acceptable. It was, you know, not that it's 100% acceptable now. I'm kind of, you know, going against the grain a little bit. But um, Well, maybe, I mean, the Midwest is its own cultural, you know, oh, miasma. Yeah. Yes. Um, so true. That's, when I go to Miami and LA, I fit right in. But here in Chicago, yeah, nobody, it's, yeah, it's, probably it's, nobody uh, bats an eyelash if you're in Scottsdale, right. Arizona, or Phoenix. But <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Las Ve- Las yep. Vegas, LA, New York, nobody cares. But no, I fit yeah. right. I blend. In fact, I'm a dime a dozen there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Linda Steele has to go to 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 become an unknown. Is just by. Right. <laughs> well, can I ask you just because I'm curious why why did you decide to go so so big? You know, um, it almost was so initially that was part of my, my divorce plan. Um, so, but I went, I went so small at first because, you know, like other women, everyone's so scared of the number, you Mm. know? And of course, when you, when you let your family know, the first mistake I made was to let anybody know what I was doing because it's really none of anybody's business. (laughs) That's so funny. They know about (laughs) it. So that was my first mistake that I let people know what I was doing because, you know, yeah. my, my family is pretty conservative, uh, but they've really come a long way. I feel like I took one for the team and my cousins and everybody. Technically, you like, took two oh. for the team. I did. technically. 
And, um, and I really opened the doors for everybody to start making their own yeah. decisions, not based on what their p- parents wanted, but based on what they wanted. And, and it yeah. really started a nice big, uh, a snowball. So, um, so, but the first thing I did was the first mistake I made was I, I let people know what I was doing. I think I was doing it for approval and so forth. Then I really wasn't getting it. Uh, mm. you know, some of the people close to me who were afraid to tell me what they thought, we're just like, yeah, sure, do it, you know. Uh, but wow, that many CCs, it seems like so many. Well, honestly, my own mother, after my surgery, my first surgery and everything started settling in, she was like, um, no offense, but you paid that much money for that. That's all you got. Oh, <laughs> my God. Like, wow. Okay. Wow, she, she, she must be, yeah, Italian. That's very funny. <laughs> she, she actually is not, believe it or oh, not. she's, she's not? The one who She's married Italians in the past, but she is not Italian. But boy, does she does she have the characteristics? I was going to say that's that's no. Yeah, that's not there. There is no chill on a statement like that. (laughs) (laughs) So that was all I needed to hear, to be honest, because I was actually a little disappointed in how, how, you know, how small I was after the first one. And so then I then I went bigger. And it was after that one that, and I don't really want to talk numbers because people tend to take the numbers sure. and they roll with it, but everyone starts off and ends up differently depending on how much breast, how much breast tissue they start off with. So I don't mm. like talking numbers with people because they think that that's going to be the, what they want. And it's not, it depends on where your starting point is. Mm. So I went bigger and it was at that point where I started to really lift heavy weight. And when you lift heavy weight, you start engaging certain muscles, pectoral muscles, lap muscles, and the implants, because they sit below the muscle, typically, Mm. if that's where where you've had them have them put, um, the muscles could actually displace the implant. And that's what happened. Really? Yeah. So I had to then go bigger Mm. because I had a choice because the pocket broke of my implant, I could have had some serious surgery to fix that pocket and have it sewn shut. There would have been a lot of internal stitches and and mesh and so forth. And because I'm so thin, you could have potentially seen all the work done. Mm. Um, So I decided, okay, I'm not going to go that route. We're just going to make the other side pocket bigger and put a bigger implant in. And and that's just, that was the course of how it all happened. That's so interesting. So now do you do you I mean do you find yourself giving advice to women now also who are, you know, electing for breast augmentation surgery or having dealt yes. with it? Because I feel like that's that's such an interesting story because yeah. you're you, it's like a it, there's like a whole sequence of decisions that you had to make kind of along the way just based on health and then obviously your chosen sure. career and all of this. Yeah. And then, you know, um, there are other things to take into consideration too, because I'm thin and I didn't realize I was going to become this thin as time went on. Um, when you go with one type of implant, you're more likely to see rippling than Mm. another type where you can go ahead and fill overfill the implant so that you can fill in that rippling. So that's another thing that women have to take into consideration depending on their body fat percentage or where Mm. they want to be. So there are all types of things that you have to really start to think about if you're going to be making decision. And, and a lot of times I, this happens a lot. I have women, I give the advice about don't go too small. Don't start off too small, but they panic. They think about that number. They listen to the advice that their friends who don't even have implants are giving them. They're embarrassed mm. to go so big. 
and they wind up regretting the fact that they went so small and they have it done again. It, mm. Nine times out of ten, somebody doesn't take my advice on how big they should start out, and they wind up doing it again. That's so interesting, huh? And I and that, I start the the advice with, I'm going to tell you what you should do, and you're probably not going to listen, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's, my God! That's you, how I started that. That's called. That's that. This is. That's how we know you're a mom. By the way, is that? <laughs> yep. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you this, and you're not even gonna listen to me. But that's so funny. Well, because it's fascinating to me. Later, because. You, go ahead. Go ahead. I was. I was gonna say, but but at least later I get to hear that I was right. <laughs> yeah. I think about that now with my parents. Like every once in a while, I have like a quiet. Like if I'm visiting my parents uh, who live in uh, northern Lower Michigan. I'm like, you know, years ago, you guys gave me advice on something and I didn't listen to it then. And now I'm like in my 30s and I'm like, man, I really <laughs> wish I had paid attention when they yep. said that. <laughs> yep. They tried Goodness. to save us so much pain and so much trouble and so, so much, so many issues. And we don't listen and we run into our own brick walls and then we learn. And that's all there is to it. It's like run, yeah. You gotta, I man. I'm like the kid who had to almost get hit by the car before he learned that he needed to look both ways before crossing the street. Yep. I feel like yep. once that lesson stuck, though, it stuck. But oh, it, it sure did. Sure it did. Just was like, oh man. Um. Well, what do you have? Uh, I didn't plan on talking about you know uh, women's breast augmentation health risks, but it's fascinating. <laughs> and well, I guess it is kind of fascinating because I noticed that like there's so much. There was this whole trend on Instagram of women who were like, got rid of my implants and like all this whole, and then like them posting all these stories. And that went on for a while. And then there was like a counter move to that. And it was like, I had no idea. I was like, who knew that women's breasts would be so politicized on social media? But oh, I know it. There you go. There, There are people who have developed autoimmune diseases and they blame it on the implants. And I, I don't know enough about it to defend, um, implants or, and I don't think these women are crazy. I don't autoimmune diseases. I have, I have several clients who suffer from them and they're, they're no joke. Uh, and if enough people are saying, Hey, it just so happened that this started after my implants. I mean, if you think about it, it could, it, there could be some science behind that because um, implants are uh, artificial objects. Your body is going to automatically try to reject them. They're, they're, mm. It's it's unusual for for you know for them to be in your body. It's your body's not used to it. So mm. some people's bodies will not allow it. Uh, from what I hear, this is this is again. I'm just I'm just going on what I hear. I have yep. not. I am not a scientist, and I am not an expert in this area. Um, so these these women are saying that this is what happened and this is when it happened. And when I took them out, I feel great again. So it, it, it's not for everybody, for sure. But yeah. you know, the the manufacturers, the implant manufacturers, say it's it's not true. Uh, we have science to back that it, it's that is false. And so it's really hard to, you no, know, I, I don't. Yeah, what's right? I, yeah, I mean, you just have to go with what works for you in that case. Um. I, yeah, I know this is fascinating. I'm curious. So we had talked before. You have a number of things going on. I'm I'm curious. You know what kind of projects? So if, if somebody's listening and they wanted to like get prepared meals or like uh you know get or or try to reach out for personal training or any of this, I'm sure you have a huge wait list for that now. 
Um, yeah, I'm pretty busy with this now. So I have been, you know, with COVID, uh, I have mentioned before that I have had to reinvent myself. So there are things that I'm doing online with people, you know, FaceTime training, online training, uh, doing people's meal programs and workout programs and so forth. And that's really, you know, picked up since COVID. Uh, you know, so, but in addition to that, I have started to write a book that was supposed to be published in the fall. And after speaking to you the other day, I actually put my fingers to the keyboard the other night and started, started. Whoa, did you really? <laughs> I did. I'm glad, I'm glad that I gave you the impetus to go do that. That's great. You, yeah, you really did. And as I'm writing, I it occurred to me why I have been putting it off so damn long. Mm. I, so this book is actually about my life and, um, it's, it's, it's going to be called nerves of steel and what? Uh, that's a perfect is, title. <laughs> I know, I know. And so it's, it's really about, you know, life, cha life's challenges and hurdles that I've had to, uh, to overcome in order to, you know, stay successful, be successful, stay successful. And, you know, people I've had to fight along the way and so forth. And, um, what it really, the reason that I've been putting it off is because it's actually quite painful to mm. have to relive all the hurdles that you, that you've had to live in life. I mean, no one's mm. had the perfect life. So if you, if you had to think back to, you know, what made you who you are today and, and all the life's lessons, you don't want to relive that, you know, especially yeah. if you're in a good place, you know, who wants to go back? I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm in a good place. I don't want to have to readdress any of that and re-hate all the people in my life who I didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who have yeah. done me wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? This so, makes sense. Uh, no, I mean, because that process is, is introspective and you have to kind of reopen a lot of those things that right. that were kind of dormant. It, I, that makes, I mean, that makes perfect sense to why you were being avoidant to that project though. But, but yeah. at the same time, re-entering, I mean, like I do, I've gone through doing a lot of, uh, belong to a lot of men's groups over the years and a lot of like the kind of work that they do is of going back into, you know, trauma in life and not, I mean, I use the word trauma with a lowercase t. It's like just, just sure. difficult moments, trouble, things that caused you pain, like all of that sort of yeah. stuff. Like that's where a lot of the best lessons that you have learned kind of come from. And so yeah. the fact that you're reentering, I mean, it takes a lot of bravery to do that, you know, and honestly, God, it, this is stuff I haven't even talked to my counselor about. For the love of God, I mean, I haven't we haven't we haven't even gotten there because it seems like everywhere every time we get there, I'm like, you know what, time's up. I'll see you next week, and we don't we just don't. <laughs> even get there. Yeah, just you're just running out the clock on. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, so yeah, this is this is stuff that's pretty that's pretty deep, and I I actually don't even know I'm writing it, and I don't even know if I want to share it to be honest, but we'll see. Well, I know maybe not. Honestly, like I think that's part of what the journey is maybe for you with this project is that, you know, there's a whole bunch of it. This is so interesting to talk about, by the way, Linda, is that like a whole big part of this project for you is maybe this introspective journey in which you're reflecting on, you know, all of these things that happen and maybe you'll release it as a book and maybe you won't. Maybe that's your own personal book that you worked through and there will be a second right. book that clearing this one out will allow you to produce or, Maybe you sit on this one for a few years and then you decide, you know what, I'm going to revisit it and, and get back and writing it now. I, I went through an exercise a few years ago, just as an aside. I was in 
Um, I was in a men's group out in LA and I wrote this, the, there was a, they were like, we need you to write your own story. And it took like, they had like two days that they planned for it. And I was like, ugh, this is going to be lame. I'm going to get this done in like 30 minutes. And then I'm going to have like <laughs> two days of like doing nothing. It ended up being like, I like literally up until the minute, cause they were part of the challenge was you then had to stand in front of this group of men and like present your, your story. And like, you know, four hours into it, I was like, uh, this is really dumb. And then like six hours into it, I was like, wow, there's a lot here. And then at the end of the first day, I was like, oh my God, I don't know, this is crazy. And then into like day two, I'm like crying and like, yeah, I was going like, to say how many down. people yeah. cried as they were presenting their, their Oh, everybody, stories. everybody did. Oh my gosh. And because it was like, you just, and, and it's weird because you're watching all this, like these, I mean, I shouldn't say everybody did because there's, you know, there's men in that group who are kind of at different par- parts of their own path in terms of their self-relationship and they're like up in front of this group of of other men who they don't know we've only known each other for like two or four days and they are you know there's this saying where they say that men you know men wear masks yeah the 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 you know the 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 more the the saying in men's work is the the more wounded the little boy the tougher the mask he'll wear and so it's like true yeah, so like there's this idea that like these so there's these guys who get up and they'll tell you their story and they're like, Yeah, my life story is blah 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 and then these things happen and then these things happen and you're just like halfway through the story, you're like, dude, this is so fucking boring and I don't believe a word you're telling me. And so like this yeah. group this group it was um pretty cool because they encouraged a lot of um feedback like that. Like there was a lot of um sort of explicit agreements that this group made when they started and one of them was if we ever feel like you're bullshitting us. We're just going to tell you that we think what you're saying is bullshit. And so it was weird because a lot of these guys cried because they would get up in front of this group and they'd start telling their story. And this whole room full of people would be like, you're full of shit. I don't believe you. Like Come that didn't on. like it just, and it's funny just because the listeners like, wow, that doesn't sound very healthy. It, it actually was really <laughs> healthy. I think because a lot of these guys, the, the, the person they're lying to is themselves. That like yeah, right, they right. need a whole room full of men who they think have their best interests in mind and who do to say, look, when you tell yourself that you cheated on your wife because you were bored, you're a fucking liar. Or when you tell yourself yeah. that you're whatever, it's like and, and that that shit caused a lot of these guys to finally kind of break down. And they're like, oh, my God, I thought my whole life was one way. And it turns out it's a different way. And like I'm right. avoiding, you know, I'm avoiding acknowledge i mean some of the guys in that group were even like i'm avoiding acknowledging that you know that this woman who says my kid is my kid is actually my kid because i don't want her to win because i feel like i can't do that because blah 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 and like it's just like it's nuts like when you're sitting in a room with guys like this so so this whole thing you know took all this time and anyway the point that i'm making just by going on this huge diatribe was like I totally broke down and cried a whole bunch. And, um, you know, not that I've ever been divorced or had a kid that I've not acknowledged as mine. Never had a kid. So I'm aware of, but, uh-huh. uh, but the, the, but the point that I'm making is just that, you know, you, you, that work is, is real work. It's difficult. It's emotional, difficult work. It is. And so that makes sense that maybe you were doing some avoidance and now that you're working through it. That's really cool. I'm really happy to hear that the conversation with me is what caused you to want to go do some of that work. 
Yep, it really did. And you and you had mentioned a thousand words a day. And I didn't I meant I wanted to do it the first day, but I, I wound up getting wrapped up in something else. So the next day I hit almost 2000 words. So I was really happy about that. That's good. I mean, honestly, if you can just get one page a day done, it's like yeah. there there was a whole I should send you I wrote an article on it that got that got some attention on Quora. Um, in fact, after this, I'll send that over, over to you. And if you're listening to this, I'll link it in the show notes. But the article on Quora was just about how um, the guy, who's the guy who wrote The Firm? He's like, a, oh, John, is it John Grisham? I think mm, it's John Grisham. You know what? I'm not sure. I'm so bad yeah. with names like that. I don't know. I think it's John Grisham. He wrote one page a day and that's it. He just told himself he would write one page a day. And yeah. it, it's amazing. I mean, the guy's workload is like prolific. So, you right. know, it's, it's uh, so a thousand words. I mean, even 500 words is like even any words. And if you believe some some people, um, it just getting just just getting to the computer with the intention to write is the win, you know? Sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's it. I, I've actually pulled the computer out a few times, but I'm like, well, let me check my emails first. And then there, there I am off on a tangent. Yeah. So that's yeah, what exactly. I have to not do. I have to pull my computer out, stick, stick with the plan. Don't go off course. You know, that's what I need to do. If I can make yeah. myself do that, I can do this. Well, I'll tell you, Linda, uh, you know, having only had a few conversations with you, but knowing you by reputation, I don't think there's much you can't do. So <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you can, this will be like a fucking alley-oop. To, uh, for you, this will be a fucking I not even alley oop. It'll be a fucking layup. Like you'll just run past right. and basketballs just already in it. What is this? Oh my gosh, that's so Linda funny. Steel. You know it's funny. So yeah, it, it's it, that's kind of how everything in my life has gone. I rarely do I not have you know six irons in the fire at once. It's just that's just I, I guess I just work better that way. I just do. And as overwhelmed as I feel, and as much as I start bossing everybody around, everybody knows that that's where my comfort zone is. Everybody <laughs> knows. It's just where I'm better. Um, that's, it's funny I, because I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's, uh, kudos to you for sticking around in the Midwest um, because I think part of what's challenging for me sometimes, I mean, Chicago's different, but st- you know, part of what's challenging for me sometimes is it feels like, I just had this conversation with a friend of mine who's moving to New York earlier today, is that when I'm you know, if I'm in my hometown of Plymouth, Michigan, if you have an iron in the fire, it feels like people are like, wow, that guy's got some plans. You're like, yeah, no, I have a plan. I have one plan. And I'm working on that plan. That's great. Yep. And they're like, yeah, you're going places. No, I'm going to a place. That's how one plan works. And and then you move to Chicago. If you have like a, a you know a handful of irons in the fire, people are like, holy right. shit, look out for this guy. You know, everybody here, everybody here has a plan. Yeah, everybody in Chicago's got a plan. If you have two plans, that's a big deal. But if you go to like a New York or a Los Angeles or a, you know, a Paris or a London or a whatever, you know, if you have six irons in the fire, that's just normal for people who live right. there. Um, right. So it's in, it's interesting. I find it, do you find it, let me ask you this, do you find it difficult to relate to, you know, people who are, and not, and not that there's a problem with this. I just want the listener to understand this. It's not like, one way is better than another way. It's not like having a bunch of plates that you're spinning is better than, you know, being, you know, just uh, content with where you are in life. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like a, a one is better than the other, but I get for people like you and I, it feels like you just like, if I was just at home and I just didn't have anything going on and I was like, what's on Netflix? I would just, I just can't imagine living that way. Um, I can't either. I can't I mean, either. I'm not kidding you. If I'm watching Netflix, I have my computer open with me. 
Or if nothing else, I have the junk drawer in the kitchen sitting on my lap and I'm organizing it. I can't just sit. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. (laughs) That's so funny. Like we had this conversation the other day is like I yesterday I just started making I was I'm going to go bottle that ginger beer that I made and I'm about to go ferment some uh, apple cherry cider today. And then nice. this evening, I've got a two-hour phone call because I'm starting a consulting company with uh, a, a, a contact in New York to reach out to VC firms. So if you're a venture capital firm who wants uh, some assistance in training your constituent portfolios, SDR teams, uh, me and this other dude are your guys. So please write write in. But anyway, oh, it's just fun. Like that's my day today, and then doing this, yeah. and like I can't like if I just did one thing, and then I was like, well, I guess I'll go for a walk, and then have tacos tonight. I just it, oh I can't imagine. You know, one of the, one of the things that is so difficult about being a social media influencer is most social media influencers all they do is play with their phones all day, take selfies, and post them. Not I shouldn't say most, but a lot of them. When people are like, oh, hey, you've been away from social media for a while. I'm like, dude, I have a job. Like, I can't, (laughs) I wish I had the time to take a selfie. If I take a selfie, it's like in the middle of training a client and I'm like, hold on, snap. Oh, just having a good day in the gym today. No, I'm busting my balls. I'm trying to get one client in, one client out. I got nutrition plans going. I have phone calls to get on. I, you know, so it blows my mind when, hold on a second. I have a. Interrupt you. What's up? Nothing. We're just like listening to you. And you're watching my hands go. So I I have my, my <laughs> daughter. They're inside the house watching me talk and they're they're dying right now because they see my hands going all oh over in the air because that's, that's how I so talk. Funny. That's why I'm <laughs> glad I captured that audio. That's gonna be in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and you know what's funny? My 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 daughter and her boyfriend, they they see me a lot. They see how I work and how I function. And they shake their heads because they see how early I wake up in the day and they see how late I go to bed at night. And they're like, we don't know a hustler quite like you. And they're hustlers. These are two hustlers that, that are, who are looking at me every day going, holy shit, steel, how do you get it done? Like they, they can't even imagine. Cause these are, like I said, these are, these are not lazy people. These are hustlers too. So it's just funny how, how we all function. That's just, that's just who I hang around with. You mentioned, how do you feel about people who aren't as, you know, aggressive and aren't as much of a go-getter? I I have a very hard time understanding how they can have so much downtime. I can't do downtime. Yeah, I have. Uh, I find it difficult sometimes to relate to them. um, Yeah. Where it's like you got to, there's a clip that you got to move at and... Right. You know, especially for someone like you, it's probably like you're just, hey, I'm already on page six, man. Let's keep go- like, come on. <laughs> yep. yep. What I've done by noon, most people don't complete by Wednesday of their week. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> we talked about uh, that the other day, too. Yeah, that's going to be that's with. that's what's like that's what's going to uh, has been light me lighten me up lately is I'm thinking like, God damn, man, Linda's already up and doing shit. I better get up and start trying to do some shit. <laughs> Um, right don't let me call you and ask hey what are you doing you'll be what like, are you doing brendan uh i was just watching uh amazon prime uh <laughs> i was thinking about making some coffee but i don't really want to get out of bed <laughs> oh my god i hit the ground running every single day it's crazy and you know what i'm sorry during that interruption we hit, we were having a good conversation i forgot what the topic was that's how quick my mind goes that's so fine I'm sorry it was it was relevant that. Okay. It was, okay. It was, it was, it was perfect. Um, that was such a good indication. The, um, 
Yeah. The so just uh, we're we're we should head on time. I want to be respectful of your time. Where can um where can people follow you? Where can they where can they follow your you, you know learn more about your products and and things that you offer? I have a website already built, and it is lindasteelhotbod.com. I have another website in the middle of being built that is um, unknown right now. Uh, so, so I can't give you that one, but that is going to be my fitness part split off from my glamour side. So that is that's something that is long overdue, and I'm really excited to do that. So, so that will be another way to, to communicate with me. I also am everywhere on social media. I have uh, Facebook, which is Linda Steele Public Figure. Instagram is Linda Steele Fit Bod. And Twitter is Linda Steele Hot One, the number one. And if you Google me, you'll find me everywhere. I have email as well, Linda Steele Hot Bod at Gmail. So there, there are a number of ways to get a hold of me. And, uh, I try yeah, no, to. No, no wonder you have to get so much done, dude. You've got all these. You've got a ton of social media outlets. <laughs> Seriously, I, I there there are days that go on that I don't even respond to DMs because I just don't have I just don't have the time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not that I'm trying not to be cool with the fans. It's just that you know my mom's calling and I haven't talked to my mom in three days. You know what I mean? Like there's yep. there are things that I need to do in place of talk talk to you know interact with with the social media so as much as i love to it's sometimes difficult to get it all in yeah no i mean that's understandable um well i want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat on this podcast for a little while i'll i'll be posting this pretty pretty soon and i'll have the links in the show notes so people can go follow you in your various uh social media locations um but yeah, I mean, honestly, it's motivating to talk to you. It's it makes me, uh, mo- you know, feel like fuck, man. I I uh, haven't set any meetings at the day job yet today. I better go make that happen. <laughs> and I've been having I've been having trouble waking up in the morning. I don't know what it is. I think I've just been training a lot lately, so I just need to get some more sleep. But like, well, I didn't even get out yeah. of bed until like seven this morning. <laughs> I'm like, Bye. you know, that's funny. You know what though? Honestly, this is, this has been a tough time for me as well. The last week probably. And I honestly think it's the weather, especially when you're in the Midwest, you know, we have these awful allergies and, um, between it, between the planets doing their thing and the weather and the, our sinuses doing their thing. It's, we all feel beat down. Uh, so it's not just you, it's everybody. And then of course, you know, put that uh, along with your recovery that from beating yourself up, it all matters. So yeah, get enough sleep, you know, try to stay hydrated, get your nutrients in. That's the best advice. Get your calories in every day. Best advice, you know, getting your calories up and energy. Well, Linda, thank you so much, uh, for taking the time and we'll, uh, we'll have to have you back after a while when you get the book done and, uh, you're going to have a launch. I'll do, I'll do a big push. That'll be great. Okay. That would be great. I appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Take care. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Madness Continues podcast. Once again, this is Brendan Lemon. If you liked what you listened to, please take a minute to like, to subscribe, to give us a rating. It really does mean a difference. I say us like there's more than one person doing this. Uh, It's just me, everybody. So every little bit of support you can lend would be really appreciated by me. 
If you want to share this podcast, it would really, really, really mean a lot to me. I hope you come back. I hope you listen and check out the other podcast I produce, Funny Planet, where we talk to different comedians from all over the world about what they're doing and how they are funny in their own cultures. You can learn a thing or two and you'll have a laugh too. Anyway, take care. Take it easy. We'll see you here next time.